welcome, and let your journey to soul expansion begin. I'm your host, Kristen Kaczynski. This show will take you on a journey of expansion, encouraging you to release the limitations of your mind and lean into the wisdom of your soul. Remembering who you are on a soul level will help you release your conditioning, expectations, limiting beliefs, fears, and worries, and evoke a life expanded by your energetic alignment. Whether you're an entrepreneur who wants to grow your income and impact, or someone who knows in your heart of hearts that you're made for more, this podcast will help you awaken the power that's already inside of you, allowing you to attract an easy flow of money, clients, opportunities, and fulfillment. In each episode, you'll learn something new, expand your consciousness, and you'll walk away with a glimpse of what's truly possible for you. If you're ready to follow your soul's calling and live a more expansive life, you're in the right place. Welcome, and let your journey to soul expansion begin. One of the most important things to realize about money is that it's truly an illusion. I know, you're like, what the fuck? That's not true. I have bills. I have student debt. I have, you know, people to pay in my business or I need to be attracting money for my business. I get it. When you hear that money is an illusion, at first it's really disorienting and it's almost like, no, no. It's not. (laughs) We almost get defensive about it because money can be the source of so much stress, so much worry, so much struggle. And if we begin to realize that all of that stress, worry, and struggle is coming from something that is an illusion, then that can be really disorienting or upsetting or frustrating. So let's dive into this concept more so you can start to understand that money truly is an illusion, and that it's not a bad thing that it's an illusion. It's actually something you can use to your advantage to help you bring in more money, bring in more of that illusion. Sound good? All right. So the first thing you got to understand about money is when you think about like money today, it's like numbers on a computer, right? If you go to the bank, if you go to your bank, there's not like a little box that's labeled with your name on it that has the exact amount of money in your bank account in that box that's just waiting there for you, right? Like that's not how it works. The amount of actual cash, like paper money, physical bills that you can hold in your hand that exists, some estimates say it's lower than 1% in terms of like the total amount of actual money that exists on computers and exists in, you know, the the stock market. So we're all walking around believing that we have this physical resource called money. And, you know, it's, it's not really something we consciously think about, but maybe unconsciously there's this belief that there's limited resources because we look at our, our bank account app on our phone and we see, you know, $5,000 or however much you see there. And so it's like, okay, I only have this amount and there's a scarce supply. But when you actually look at what money is, like what it really truly is, is it's just a concept. Yes, it's a concept we all believe in. Yes, it's a concept we all use. 
But again, there's not that physical stack of $5,000 or $10,000 waiting for you with your name on it somewhere in a bank. It's just in the air. It's in the energy. It's on a computer. It's not really real. It's not physical. So as you start to realize that, as that really starts to sink in, and maybe that's something that you already knew, but we can always experience more knowledge when it comes to money mindset. And at least for me, when it comes to money mindset, even if I've heard something before, if I hear it in a slightly different way, or if I hear it from someone else, it still causes a shift for me. It still causes a breakthrough for me. So I invite you to keep that in mind as you listen to the rest of this episode. But knowing that money is an illusion, how do we start to leverage that information so we can have more of it, so we can receive more money, so we can attract more money, so we can keep more money, so we can have more money. Well, once you realize money's an illusion, the next step becomes what what is it actually then? If it's if it's not a physical paper good, if it's not a product or like something we can hold in our hand, what is it? Well, it's an energy. It's an energy that flows to where value is. An energy that flows to where value is. So think about that for a second. If you want more money, it's not about doing more necessarily. I mean, you do have to do some things to receive more money, but If you want more money, and if money is an energy that flows to where value is, then you need to be more valuable. And I don't mean like be a better person. I don't mean like be more knowledgeable necessarily. I mean, see yourself as valuable. See yourself as having more value and then money will flow to you. Now, if I heard this podcast episode about a year ago, I would have been like, all right, that's cool and all, but that's not how it actually works. And so if you're thinking that, what I want to invite you to start to think about is, okay, Well, what if you just try on this belief temporarily? What if you just like go with it for a minute and you keep listening to this episode and you see what unfolds? Because you've already tried what you've already tried, right? And so if this concept is new to you, then that's something you haven't tried yet. So how do you know it's not going to work? So money flows to where value is. Let's look at this on a really granular level. Let's say you're hungry. You need groceries. So you go to the grocery store and you are not very picky. You just want something to eat. So maybe you get like a sandwich or some some sandwich materials like some bread and some meat and some cheese, maybe some condiments. You buy those things with money. Why? Because you're hungry and those things, sandwich materials, those things have value to you. 
And on the other side of the equation, the grocery store, they have the food, they have the sandwich materials, and they value money so they can get more food to sell and so they can pay their employees. So you value the sandwich stuff, so you give them money. They value the money so they can provide the sandwich stuff and the jobs for the employees, so they receive money from you. The grocery store sees an inherent value in the bread. I don't know how much bread costs these days because I don't eat much bread, but let's say it's $3. So the grocery store they look at the bread and they say, okay, this is valued at $3. We're going to charge $3 for this. And then you come into the store and you agree, yes, this bread is valued at $3. I agree to pay $3 for this. So there's an agreement when it comes to the value of the bread between you, the buyer, and the grocery store, the seller. So when you think about your business... Or even if you don't have a business, when you think about how much money you receive, there has, to, there has to be an agreement between buyer and seller of the value. And so if you want to increase your prices or increase the amount of money that you can attract, you have to be of higher value, and you have to see yourself as that, right? So if the grocery store didn't see the bread as being worth $3, maybe they, they saw the value as being, let's say, $1. And you came in and you saw it was priced at $1. Things could go one of two ways. Maybe you look at that $1 bread and you're like, oh, I wonder if it's like almost going to be moldy tomorrow. I don't want that bread. It's so cheap. Or you might look at that bread and you might be like, score, only $1, amazing, right? But the true value was higher of that bread. The true value is $3. On the other hand, if the store decides to charge $7 for the bread, and let's say it's like, it's not like Whole Foods or like one of those nicer, more organic stores where you kind of expect higher prices, and so you, you go into like this kind of like grungy grocery store and you see this $7 bread, you're going to be like, oh, God, no, I'm not going to spend $7 on that bread. That's highway robbery, right? Like, it's just ridiculous. Or think of like when you go to the airport and like a bottle of smart water is like $15, it seems like sometimes, right? And that's because they are overvaluing the product by your perception. Now, maybe not to everyone's perception, but by your perception. And so you are less willing to invest the money and they are less likely to receive the money because the value that they're claiming doesn't match up with the true value of the thing. So if you're struggling to sell at a certain price point, Maybe it's time to raise your internal value. And again, I don't mean you have to become a better person or be a certain way or do a certain thing or have more knowledge or have prettier branding or have a better website. But what you do need 
is you need to see yourself, be yourself, live, breathe, and walk the walk when it comes to the value that you want to charge. And when it comes to the amount of money per month or per year that you want to receive. So what does this mean for you when you think about your money situation, when you think about wanting to attract more money? How can you start to live, breathe, walk the walk, embody a more valuable version of you? Or another way to say this, if you're not identifying with the word value is a wealthier version of you or a more prosperous version of you or the highest version of you or the next level version of you, right? How do you start to step into that and really start to embody it? Well, there's a bunch of different things to think about and I'm only going to give you a handful on here because I don't want to make this like a two hour long podcast, But the first thing that I want you to think about is how do I treat myself? How do I treat myself? How do I treat myself in my business? If you have a business, that's a great thing to think about. Do you treat yourself like a struggling solopreneur in that you force yourself to work 12 hour days? You don't ask for help. You only charge what feels okay to charge. You don't stretch yourself. You don't demand more for yourself. You have really poor boundaries with your clients. You feel like you're chasing after people. Are you in that state where you feel like you're in a, in a struggle zone where you feel like you are a struggling entrepreneur? So if that's how you're treating yourself, how can you start to treat yourself like a six-figure or seven-figure entrepreneur? As a listener of the Soul Expansion Podcast, you know how impactful our unconscious or subconscious thoughts can be, especially when it comes to attracting, receiving, keeping, having, and holding money. And one of the best ways to start to reprogram your unconscious mind is through the power of clinical hypnotherapy. And as a special treat to podcast listeners, I have a free money mindset hypnosis just for you, which is going to allow you to let go of beliefs that are currently holding you back when it comes to attracting money. Hypnosis, by the way, is not mind control. It's not voodoo, scary magic. It's really just allowing you to go into a light trance where you're super relaxed and your unconscious mind is open to receive suggestions. So you can rest assured when you listen to the Money Mindset Hypnosis, you are safe, you are protected, you are loved, and your subconscious mind is so powerful that if there is a suggestion that for some reason doesn't align with your values, it'll automatically reject it. So you're not being controlled by the mind. You're only allowing yourself to receive new beliefs at the subconscious level that are supportive for your money goals. So if you want to get your hands on the Money Mindset Hypnosis, go to mymoneyhypnosis.com. Again, it's completely free. You just enter your email address and you get an instant download and you can start reprogramming your unconscious mind for all the monies starting today. So again, it's mymoneyhypnosis.com and I hope you love it. One of the simplest shifts that I can give you 
is simply having boundaries around your time and energy. It is so commonly said, and yet it's still so underrated. Boundaries give you so much more value because you're not just becoming like this this hustler who has to be in her business all the time, you're creating a richer life simply by giving yourself time and energy back. And when you have a richer life, you are richer. You be richer, right? So like simply by being really strict about boundaries around your time and energy is going to raise your value. And again, it's because you are treating yourself like a wealthier person. So do you think seven-figure entrepreneurs work 12-hour days if they don't want to? Of course not. Maybe there's occasional times where a 12-hour day happens if they're hosting a live event or if they are, you know, doing something really intense for planning. You know, I could see it happening from time to time. But if you look at most of the literature about seven-figure or even eight-figure CEOs, they have a very strict morning routine. They read, you know, 60 books a year. They exercise. They meditate. How do they get all that stuff done? Not because they're working 12-hour days, but because they have boundaries around their time and energy. So if you want to start to raise your value and naturally become a wealthier person at the energetic level, start implementing better boundaries. And the way this works is you you have to be it first, then you do the things from an inspired action place, and then you have the things that you want, which is the money, right? So the first step is the energetic shift, setting the boundaries and feeling really good about them. The first step is being. Be first, do second, have third. Be, do, have. I didn't come up with that, by the way. You probably have heard that before. It's a common instruction manual for manifestation, but as simple as it sounds, most people forget the first step, which is to be it first. So set some boundaries. The next thing you can look at is What is your relationship with money, period? Do you have maybe like an anxious attachment style to money or even an avoidant attachment style? And if you've never heard of attachment, this is, you know, how we, the the theory of attachment theory is that back in the day before we had buildings and Amazon and grocery stores, before we had all those conveniences, we had to rely on others to survive. And for some of us, it was really important for us to stay really close to others. Otherwise, we would die. So that would be an anxious attachment style. For others, it was really important for us to stay away from other people because maybe there was lots of competition for food and resources in our area. So it was better for us to be more avoidant of others. So that would lead to an avoidant attachment style. And then for some of us, there was a really healthy sense of community back in the day, which led to a secure attachment where you could have close relationships, but not be so attached to people that you got to this place of anxiety if they were gone. 
you could just stay secure in your system and then also be secure in your system as people go away or feel more distant to you. You know that you are still inherently worthy and it does not necessarily have anything to do with you if someone has to get space and step away. So that would be more of that secure attachment style. So this is, you know, this theory is about relationships, but money we have relationships with money. So what is your relationship with money? Do you get like a panic, panicky feeling when you open up your bank account app? Or do you not even look at your bank account? You're like, I don't want to know. I'm going to avoid this. If I don't know, then it can't hurt me, right? Or do you know your money situation? And even if it's not exactly where you want to be, you're calm within it. That would be more of that secure attachment style. So what is your attachment style with money? And how can you start to heal that? One of the best and most simple ways to start to heal your relationship with money is simply knowing where you stand. Know where you stand. Don't avoid it. Don't have anxiety about it and like stare at it all day. Try your best to start to detach from it and just know it. Because here's the thing, your money situation does not define you, right? It just defines your past thoughts, actions, and beliefs. So it doesn't define you right now. It defines your past. So you right now can be a wealthy person. You right now can look at your money and look at student loans or look at business debt or look at whatever it is that's going on in your your money situation. You can look in that and you can say, okay, I needed that to get to where I am today. And I don't have to feel emotional about it, guilty about it, shameful about it, because it got me to where I am today. And now I want to go here. So here's what I need to start to shift to my new reality. So just know where you stand and start to look at your money regularly. I would say at least once a week, do like a money date where you look at all of your money, all of your credit card bills, all your loans, your mortgage, your car payment, everything, business, personal, all of it. Look at it and identify if there's some things that maybe need to shift, right? Like you can't change what you don't know. So are you paying for a subscription that you no longer need? Like are you paying for Netflix or for Hulu and you like never watch that program. Cancel it for a couple months, right? Or are you, you know, paying for a gym membership where you never go? Maybe you should start going to that gym or maybe you should cancel that gym membership, right? So just look for those little leaks in your money. Look for where maybe you spent out of maybe a negative place versus where you spent from a place of abundance. So here's the difference. I used to do this in the past. I used to compulsively shop when I didn't want to feel my feelings. Maybe you can relate to that. And I wouldn't always buy things because I, you know, wanted to make sure I didn't go into debt. But I would stare at things I wanted to buy and I would I would get this feeling of anxiety. So if I ever did buy something, even if I didn't buy the 10 things I wanted, if I bought one thing, it was like a, a hit. It was like a you know, like a, like a rush, like a high. It soothed the anxiety. It was a a numbing mechanism, a coping mechanism. 
but it never actually got to the root cause, right? It never actually got to the root cause of the anxiety, which was in those times, I have so much unhealed trauma that I can't look at right now, that I don't want to look at, that I'm afraid of. And that that unhealed trauma would build up as anxiety in my system. And the only way to discharge the anxiety that I knew of at the time was to compulsively shop. So that's, you know, investing or spending from a negative place because it's not coming from abundance, right? It's coming from fear, fear of feeling my feelings, fear of going inward versus now spending from an abundant place for me looks like I buy the high quality food because my body likes high quality food. And I enjoy feeling good and having lots of energy and feeling healthy. So yes, it costs more. Maybe it is $7 bread if I were eating bread right now. But I'm investing in it from a place of abundance, from a place of pure joy, from a place of I desire these things, not from a place of fear. I need this in order to discharge my nervous system. So when you look at your money, when you look at your situation, notice, and again, I recommend doing this once a week, notice where am I doing things from a place of fear or carelessness and where am I doing things from a place of abundance and start to make shifts toward more abundance. So what this means is it doesn't mean that you have to like save all your money and you can't spend any on yourself and you can't do anything fun in order to grow your income. What it truly means is you can do those things, but it needs to come from a place of pure abundance, not from a place of fear, scarcity, or just trying to keep up with the Joneses. Okay, so we talked about boundaries. We talked about energy. We talked about knowing your money situation and knowing your relationship to money. What else might come up with your money? Well, another concept that may come up is a trauma response. So a trauma response is something that's happening in the nervous system because something is making us feel overwhelmed or traumatized. So that can happen frequently with our money. And there's four types of trauma responses. There's fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And you've probably heard of some of these, if not all of these, but I just want to give you some questions to ponder to help you understand if you're having a trauma response when it comes to your money. So a fight response might be this energy of, I get to fight my way to the top to pay off this credit card right? There's like this energy of like, I am at war. I am on a journey. I am going to make that money so I can pay off this credit card. So that might be a fight response. A flight response, F-L-I-G-H-T, might be kind of like similar to that avoidant attachment style where you're like, I'm not going to look at my money. If I don't look at it, it's not real. It doesn't hurt me. I'm just going to run away. A freeze response might come online if you are kind of like frozen in terms of your ability to spend from your bank account or spend from your savings. So you may desire something from a truly abundant place, 
but you feel frozen or stuck and feel like you can't have that thing because that would mean you would have less money in your bank account. And then a fawn response. It's hard to think of a fawn response in terms of like your own money, but it is easier to think of it in terms of like a business transaction. So if you have a business, do you ever find yourself, if you receive like a money objection, do you find yourself wanting to people please that person because you fear that they can't afford your services. So do you find yourself offering discounts or offering ultra extended payment plans that actually go out of integrity with what you feel is appropriate for your business? I know I used to do this. I used to definitely have a fond response when it came to to client transactions. Are you people pleasing with your money when it comes to those transactions? That's where the fond response comes in where it's like, I'm going to charm my way out of this trauma. So do you have a trauma response with your money? And you may have multiple different kinds of responses depending on where you're at with your money. So just start to have some awareness of that, identify it, and start to think of ways that you can neutralize your system. You can get out of that trauma response before you interact with money. So maybe you're a meditator or maybe you enjoy yoga or maybe you like going for a walk outside. Can you use that as a coping tool before you go into looking at your money in this really heightened state? And again, another very simple thing that helps alleviate the trauma response is taking away the fear of the unknown, Oftentimes we're anxious or avoidant or we're in a fight, flight or freeze response because we don't know our money situation inside and out. So just develop a better habit of knowing when you know you're not afraid of it because all the cards are on the table. There's nothing hidden behind the curtain. So this has been the first of many, 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 many money mindset episodes that I plan to share on this podcast. I just don't want to make it too, too long because I know you guys are short on time. And I myself, if if something is too long, I don't carve out the time to listen to it. So I wanted to make sure this was nice and short for you. But in my next episode, I will be talking a bit more about money mindset. And I will start to talk about some of the positive things you can start to do to attract and receive more money. So this episode was a lot more about like, what are you doing right now that you should try to stop doing because it's having a negative impact on your money. So kind of like the attachment styles, the lack of boundaries, the trauma responses. The next episode is more like, okay, now what should I do in order to attract and receive more money. So go ahead and download the next episode. It's available for you right now, and I will see you there. Until then, I'm Kristen Kaczynski. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for honoring your soul's calling today and taking the time to listen to this episode of the Soul Expansion Podcast. If you have a question you'd like featured or have a topic idea, I would love to hear from you. Find me on Instagram at Kristen Kaczynski and send me a DM with your request. Remember, you are a truly limitless being. The limits you see now are only an illusion. Whatever it is that you desire, 
that's already yours. It already exists in the universe here and now. You simply have to awaken to what you already have. And I hope this episode brought you a little closer to that truth. If you love this episode and would like to give from your heart and appreciation, please take a few moments to screenshot it and tag me in your stories on Instagram or write a brief review on your favorite podcast platform. Your voice truly matters and your feedback helps to spread abundant expansion to a broader audience. And what a gift that is, right? Just think about how much abundance will come back to you if you help a friend experience their own soul expansion. And with that, I just want to say thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Kristen Kaczynski and I love you.